Sure, it's a good palace, but can we really call it a great palace? This is Legendary Adventures, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Paul Riley. This week we venture through the Valley of Death to reach the final dungeon of the game. We've completed six palaces, learned seven spells, and collected four magic containers. Time to head to the Great Palace and claim the Triforce. But first, there's one more magic spell that we'll need. With the cross from the Hidden Palace, invisible enemies are now visible. This allows players to explore the deserted town of Kasudo more safely. There's no real exploration needed, however. The first house contains an old man who will grant players the Thunder Spell, provided players have first gathered all four hidden magic containers. Thunder is required to complete the game, so finding these magic containers is required. I tried exploring the deserted town further, but I found nothing of interest. All the buildings were empty and I found no secrets there. I'd recommend simply turning around and exiting once the Thunder Spell is acquired. With the Thunder Spell in hand, it's on to the Valley of Death. I found this to be a brutal gauntlet of enemies. There are a couple of unmarked squares that contain hidden enemy encounters. Players must also deal with the standard semi-random enemy encounters. While it's possible to avoid these monsters on other parts of the map, here there's no way to, there's just no room to maneuver. Players will also have to pass through two caves, Ghost enemies called Moa are plentiful, as are the Zalfos. It took me multiple tries and plentiful use of the rewind feature to make it through the valley. The Great Palace is the largest, most complex dungeon of the game. It's filled with tough new enemies. These include fire-spewing birds called Fotel, and also bird-like replacements for the Iron Knuckle. They're called Foca. There's also larger and tougher versions of past enemies, like the King Bubble and a Giant Bot. Notably, this dungeon does not contain any keys or locked doors. The challenge simply comes from taking on these different combat challenges while finding your way to the end to the boss. A force field prevents players from entering the Great Palace unless they've placed all six crystals in the previous dungeons. With the crystals placed, the force field opens and the player can walk inside. I used a walkthrough to get through this dungeon almost completely from the start. Within the second room of the dungeon I ran into a false floor and I decided I just did not want to deal with trolling game design so I pulled up a walkthrough. There's a few notable things about the Great Palace. First, like Death Mountain from the first game, there's a brand new musical theme introduced right here. In terms of tone, however, I think this new theme is much closer to the standard dungeon theme. As I mentioned before, there are no locked doors. Save one in the Great Palace, there's no keys to find. This renders the magic key that we found in the hidden town of Kasudo completely useless after being used in only one dungeon. I also find it interesting that the Great Palace seems to space out its combat encounters more than other dungeons. There are stretches where I walk through two rooms without seeing an enemy. That said, the increased difficulty means that I still lost one life and I used the rewind frequently to make it to the end. The walkthrough led me to two secret rooms behind false walls to gain magic refills. I actually don't mind these hidden rooms with their false walls. 
so much as I mined the false floors. After all, these seem to be secrets for players to find, and they're not required. The false floors, however, pop up with no indication and seem to be there just to troll players. There's also one room I was guided to where players had to purposely break through blocks on the floor to find a false floor to progress. I'm not sure I would have found this on my own. Yeah, the breakable blocks on the floor could be viewed as an indication of what players need to do, but it's still not exactly the most clear. There's also a large row of blocks, but only a small area of false floor. The Great Palace ends in a pair of boss fights. The first is Thunderbird, a flying enemy that flings fireballs at the player. When it first appears, it's red in color and has no face, but using the Thunder spell turns Thunderbird blue and reveals its face. That happens to be the weak point. I used the jump spell to help me get extra height and to attack Thunderbird, but this fight generally boils down to avoiding its fireballs until Thunderbird dips low enough to hit. I did have to use the rewind often to make it through this fight. Once Thunderbird falls, it rewards the players with a key. Players then continue east to the final room of the dungeon. An old man holds the Triforce inside, but players must defeat the last boss of the game before they can claim it. It's a shadowy version of Link, often called Dark Link. It's worth noting that Dark Link has his own musical theme. I haven't discussed it to this point in the podcast, but Zelda 2 is the first game in the series to feature a unique boss theme. I've used it throughout this podcast, but here's a refresher on how it sounds. It's a short loop with notes that ascend up and steps before descending. It's simple and short, but I think it does do its job of instilling a sense of unease that's fitting for boss encounters. The Dark Link boss fight starts with the same first couple of notes, but then quickly deviates. Take a listen. The loop for the Dark Link theme song is longer than the standard boss loop, but personally I think the basic boss theme creates a more of an uneasy feeling. Now most players defeat Dark Link by cheesing him. They duck in the left corner and repeatedly stab. Dark Link won't be able to land a blow and will fall quickly. That's how I defeated him. With that, players are awarded the Triforce, Link returns to North Castle, Zelda awakens. She thanks Link and the credits roll. Next week, we'll wrap a bow on the adventure of Link and discuss the world design and the legacy of Zelda 2. Please subscribe to follow along if you haven't already and consider sharing this podcast with a friend. I'm Paul Riley. Thanks for listening.